Well, good morning, Hilton Head Island Community Church. Hope you're doing well this morning. For those of you I don't know, my name's Todd. I'm glad that you are here and that you've decided to worship with us this morning. Um, I, it, it's good for us to be back as a family. We were gone last week. I missed being here. I missed being with you. And I'm very thankful for a fantastic student pastor who can fill in in my place. And uh, Cody, great job. Thank you very much, buddy. I don't know where he is, but anyway. Way to go, Cody. <laughs> um, uh, we are in a series. We're actually coming to the conclusion of a series called Taking It to the Streets. And the whole purpose of this series is really to challenge each one of us um, to uh, and challenge and, and maybe encourage some of you uh, in your effort to take the message of Jesus out into our community and into our world, uh, specifically kind of focusing on our community. And uh, so along with that, what we've done is, um, is we've had this 30 projects in 30 days. And so I'm going to ask you before we kind of drill down here, um, how many of you have been involved or will be involved in 30 projects in 30 days in some kind of capacity? Just raise your hands. Okay, there we go. Awesome. That is great. Great participation. Way to go, guys. Way to go. That is good stuff right there. So we have been kind of doing that in conjunction along with uh, this message series. And uh, for those of you who haven't been here, I kind of want to get you up to speed on where we are so that we can close out today with a kind of a clear understanding of these past four weeks. First of all, it's interesting because if you read Jesus and you read the Bible and you read how he served, uh, oftentimes, in fact, in most cases, Jesus would meet a physical need before he met a spiritual need. You know, he'd help somebody who um, needed some water. That's what Cody spoke about last week. And he would give them water. And then in that, he talked about the spiritual need that went along with that, the living water. He would turn water into wine. He would help someone who uh, needed to be healed, and miraculously they were healed. But he often would meet a physical need as he met a spiritual need. And so we've been talking about these past few weeks how we represent Jesus when we go in our community, how we can meet physical needs and represent Jesus by doing that. Now, by way of review, in week one, we began with this whole idea of what is the church? You know, what is this thing called the church? And many of us grew up with maybe a, a misunderstanding or a false understanding of what the church is all about. The church is the dwelling place of the Lord God, but you know, in reality, what Jesus wanted the church to be is, is he wanted the church to be the movement of God. And so we described in week one how the church is the movement of God, how he is moving in our lives, and how he's moving us out into our community to serve our community. And so the church is much more of the movement of God than it is the place of God. It's not an institution or location. It's a place where we go out into the world and represent Jesus to our world. And we talked in week one, if you remember, about the fact that we want to operate. We as a church have chosen to be that kind of church, and we operate full of grace and truth. It's not just partly grace. It's not partly truth. Some of you grew up in churches where it was all grace, and some of you grew up in churches where it was all truth, the way Jesus wants us to operate is full of both of those, full of grace and truth. And so the bottom line of that is the fact that we ought to be comfortable, in fact, we ought to encourage people to come to church 
before they have their lives all cleaned up. It's going to be messy if we're going to be this kind of church. We want people to be uh, come to church and to be comfortable that God is going to change them, that they don't have to shape themselves up before they come to church. That was week one. In week two, we kind of took that big view of church and we narrowed it down to personally how we all need to have eyes of compassion for people. We need to serve people with humble hearts and we need to shower them with uh, hearts or serve them with humble hands and shower them with hearts of love. Last week while I was gone, Cody preached a message, which by the way, listening to it this week um, was I think one of the most important messages that's been preached this year is that we as people are just terribly uncomfortable serving people that don't look like us, act like us, maybe even smell like us, and we're just uncomfortable with that whole idea. But God has called us to go out into areas that maybe we don't fit and serve other people. And so we've got to be comfortable uh, meeting the needs of people who may not have the same values as us. Today, as we close out this series, I want to challenge us because I think that um, if we just go about the business of, of serving Jesus kind of the way we think, I, I think that we're going to be sorely mistaken. I, I think if we really take a very close look at the way Jesus served, um, he, he did it as he lived his life. He served people as he lived his life. He, he didn't compartmentalize service. It wasn't Jesus going, hey, in April, we're going to serve our community and then we're done. He was like, you know, he wasn't like, you know, we're going to serve this week, but next week we're going to get back to getting in God's word, and we're not going to serve people anymore. He didn't compartmentalize service. As he lived his life, he served. He did it as he went. We were on vacation the week before last, and um, we, we left after church to head down um, to Orlando, everybody's favorite vacation spot if you had kids. And so we, uh, we went down to Florida, and I realized for the first time in my adult life, um, I realized this like on Thursday. Actually, my wife Cynthia brought this up to me, that I was going to be in the car on Sunday, Master's Sunday of 2013. This is not good, okay? I've watched every Sunday. I usually don't watch the other days, but I watch every Sunday. I'm a golfer, okay? I play golf. So I wanted to watch Masters 2013. I wanted to watch that last round of the Masters, you know? And she pointed out to me, we're going to be in a car. So my comment to Cynthia was, well, hey, as we drive with technology today, you know, you could maybe drive a little bit and I could watch the Masters. Isn't that selfless of me? I thought so. But um, she was selfless enough that she jumped in the car and she drove and I got to watch the Masters. And the ironic part is her favorite player, Adam Scott, won the Masters, okay? So anyway, I probably just embarrassed her by saying that. But she was very excited about Adam Scott winning the Masters along with every other woman in the world. So anyway, um, <laughs> I love you, hon. Uh, but anyway, we said as we went, I would get to watch the Masters, and we did that. And she said to me, hey, I need to um, you know, send out an email. And so um, we switched, and I drove a little bit. And as we went, she finished up a couple things that she needed to finish. At the end of our vacation, um, we wanted to get back here. And so we decided not to eat there in the apartment we were at. We decided that as we went, we would go through and we would get something to eat so we could get home quicker. Um, Many of you do a lot of different things in your car as you go about your business. Some of you text, shame on you. I have been guilty of that too. Don't do that. Um, some of you ladies put on makeup as you go, right? 
I promise you, when I was back in the late 90s and I was traveling across I-285, the north end perimeter in Atlanta, Georgia, I kid you not, I saw a guy change his clothes in the car next to me. As he was going, he changed his clothes. Not a very pleasant sight, but he was next to me and the traffic was pretty tight, so there was nothing I could do about it. But um, we, we, we do things in our modern world as we go, don't we? The whole fast food industry is based on the fact that we do things as we go. It's all about convenience, isn't it? And I got thinking about this as as I prepared for this message. Jesus did his ministry as he went. As he lived his life, as he was on the move going about his business as all God but all man, as he lived his life, he served other people. I want to encourage you to read Matthew 8 and 9. It's kind of the bulk of Jesus' earthly ministry right there in chapters 8 and 9 of Matthew. And you'll see that Jesus, as he went about his life, he just served people as he went about his business. Take a look at what Jesus did in Matthew 8 and 9. I've kind of condensed a little bit of this. Jesus, yeah, he, he, he healed people. He served water. He went to that red light district, as Cody talked about. He, he calmed the sea. But take a look at what he did. As he served, when he came down from the mountain in Matthew 8, 1, he served. When he had entered Capernaum, he served. When Jesus entered Peter's house, he healed Peter's mother-in-law. As, as he got out of the boat, and he got out of the boat, he served people. When he came to the other side, he served people. Matthew 9, and getting into the boat, he crossed over and he came to his own city And he served people. Jesus passed on from there. Take a look at what he does. He passes on from there. And then he performs a miracle. While he was saying these things to them. And he ended up serving them. As Jesus passed on from there. As they were going away. They served the people that they were around. You see Jesus' miracles are amazing. We ought to do a a series sometimes on Jesus' miracles. They were divine. They were driven from this passion and compassion to help mankind. But as amazing, as divine as his miracles were, I think one of the amazing parts of this is that Jesus, as all God, but yet all man, as he lived his life, he served people. It was natural. It was intuitive. It flowed out of him. And we ought to walk in that model. We ought to walk in that demonstration of Jesus as he lived his life serving people. We ought to serve people as we live our lives. We, we can't make this 30 projects in 30 days a one-time event. We've got to make it a 365-day-a-year thing that we just do That's what taking it to the streets is. It's living this out day in and day out, serving those that we come in contact with. You all are in public places where people have needs. Some of you are in school. You see needs right in front of you. 
Some of you who are teachers, you see the needs in front of you. Some of you who are in business places, you see the needs of people. Some of you work in hospitals, you see the needs of people. In your neighborhoods, there are people who have needs. We've got to get around the fact that if we want to be like Jesus, that 30 projects in 30 days doesn't end this Wednesday, May the 1st. It ought to continue 365 days a year. It ought to be something that we practice as we go through life, as we're getting in our cars, as we're going to the grocery store, as we're walking into Walmart, we serve, we serve, we serve. Take a look at your notes this morning. How do we do this? How do we accomplish this? How do we get our hearts and our mind and our action, our hands around this idea of serving 365 days a year? How do we, like Jesus, serve as we go? I want to make this personal for you and for me. First of all, as you live your life, be actively aware of how you can meet a need. As you live your life, be actively aware of how you can meet a need. We, the people of Hilton Head Island Community Church, if we want to be that movement of God, and if we want God moving in us and moving us in our community, we need to, first of all, individually, each of us, be aware of the needs around us. When we got home uh, from being gone last week or the week before last, um, I think on Monday or Tuesday, in the island packet, there was an article about a Habitat for Humanity, uh, a neighborhood that's going to be built on Hilton Head Island, which is great. I think that's fantastic. And I would love for us as a church to be a part of that. Wouldn't that be awesome if we were a part of that? But buried in that article was a stat that just jumped right out at me. I don't know if you saw it if you read that article. But in that article, it talked about the fact that on Hilton Head Island, there are 43% of students who attend public school who are on a free lunch or reduced lunch program. And that's a, not a judgment on them. It's not even a judgment on our system. You know what it is? It's the facts that those around us, parents, some of you possibly, are having trouble paying for lunch for your children. That's a need that we can be a part of meeting. It jumped out at me like a sore thumb. Nearly half of the parents on our little island are having trouble paying for lunches for their kids. Hey, we've been there. Cynthia and I have been there. We understand that. But you know what? We can be a solution to that. But we first have to be aware of it. There's a lot of ways that we can be a part of that solution. We can get involved in our education system. We can be in contact with the principals and vice principals and uh, 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 counselors and all the different leaders in our education system and find out how we as a church or we individually can play a part. Some of you already do that. But you know what? I think we need to step back for a moment and take a look at the bigger picture is, is that we need to be aware of the needs around us actively aware of the needs that are around us. You see, I think that maybe the larger problem is, is that we are so focused on our needs that we forget about the needs around us. Paul speaks to this when he speaks to the church in Philippi in Philippians 2.4. He says this, Let each of you not look, look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Now, this doesn't mean that you're a busybody. This doesn't mean that you're trying to find, you know, who's struggling and you're going to come in and save them. 
It doesn't mean you're all up in people's nachos all the time. It doesn't mean that you're looking, you know, all the time, you know, for somebody that you know of, and then you gossip about it and all that kind of stuff. No, what this means is it means when you see a need, that you meet it like it's your own need. That when you see something, when I see something, when we as a church see something that's wrong, an inequity or a need, that we meet it as if it's our own needs. That's what Paul's saying there. Don't look to your own needs, but look to the needs of others. We should show as much effort in helping solve their problem as we do when it's our problem. It means that we move from being ignorant of needs to simply knowing about them to actively being aware of what's going on around us. We need to be in tune with what's going on around us. How do we make Taking it to the streets, a 365-day-a-year thing. First, we live our lives being actively aware of how we can meet needs. Secondly, as you live your life, be comfortable with the interruption. (laughs) I didn't even want to preach on this. I'm just going to be honest with you here because I do not like being interrupted. How many of you like being interrupted? I've proven my point, right? I mean, we don't like to be interrupted, do we? We don't like to be interrupted. As you live your life, be comfortable with the interruption. My kids know that I don't like to be interrupted, but that's not what this is about. This is about as we live our lives, we need to be careful to not be uncomfortable to be interrupted with someone's need. There's a fantastic passage that talks about this in Mark 5. Take a look at Mark 5 here this morning as Jesus meets a need and he allows himself to be interrupted. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, again, he was going about his business. A great crowd gathered about him and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at Jesus' feet and implored him earnestly saying this, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him, and a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. Take a look at verse 25 and watch what happens. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and she had spent all that she had and was no better, better, but rather getting worse. She heard the reports about Jesus, and she came up behind him in the crowd, and what did she do? She touched his garment. It's one of the most beautiful pictures of faith in all scripture. She touched his garment. Look at verse 28. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood after all these years dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, Who touched me? Like Jesus, for real? Come on, man, we've got to get to Jairus' daughter. Don't stop. The crowd is pressing in. You could meet a thousand needs, but we got to get to the one, Jairus' daughter. Let's go, Jesus. Stay focused. It's like me talking to my kids. Stay focused, Jesus. Come on. 
Love that part. And he looked around to see who had done it, and the woman, knowing all that had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, just look at this beautiful picture. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. (laughs) I love that passage, don't you? I mean, you could talk about so many different things. I mean, we've kind of made fun of the disciples there. You could talk about the fact that they're like trying to get on to the next thing. You could talk about the faith of the woman. That's usually when pastors use this passage, that's usually what they focus on. You could talk about the crowds. You could talk about, I love the fact that Jesus' name was made famous there for his healings. He was changing people's lives, and they would throng, and they would come to him, and they would want to be healed. But I want to point out something today. Jesus stopped himself for a moment in time, allowed himself to be interrupted on his way to serve someone else. He stopped and allowed himself to be interrupted long enough to not only heal a woman, but to stop and speak to her. And in doing so, it just shows his mercy and his compassion and his love. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Now, the rest of the story goes like this. Jesus shows up at Jairus' house, and Jairus' friends come out to meet him, and they say, hey, tell Jesus to go on. Your daughter's dead. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. We are going to heal her. And he goes in, and he heals Jairus' daughter. It's a fantastic story. But Jesus stopped in the midst of him trying to meet one need, and he stopped, and he met the need of someone else. I must admit, this is where I get tripped up in my own life more than any other, any other part of this is where I get tripped up because I don't want to be interrupted. I mean, I've got a job to do. I've got a task to accomplish. There's a list waiting for me. There's someone else that we've got to go to to meet their need. And I don't allow the Holy Spirit, I don't allow God's Spirit to, to allow me to stop for a moment and meet the need that's right in front of us. See, the problem with us is that we get so caught up in what is next that we miss the now of serving those around us. We get so caught up in what's next that we miss the now of serving people around us. Let's not let that happen, church. If you're like me and you get so caught up in the to-do list, the next thing, the next event, the next thing, we got to keep going, allow God's Holy Spirit, allow God's Holy Spirit to just allow you to be interrupted so that you can meet the needs that are right in front of you. You know, part of being aware is being aware of what is right there in front of you. Sometimes we're searching so far and so wide to meet needs. And if we would just look around and allow God's Holy Spirit to work in our lives, we'll see that the needs are right in front of us. There are needs right there and there are needs right now. How do you make taking it to the streets a 365 day of the year effort? First, You live your lives by being actively aware of how you can meet a need. Secondly, live your lives being comfortable with the interruption. And finally, as you live your life, be in tune to the Holy Spirit prompting you to serve others. As you live your life, be in tune to the Holy Spirit prompting you to serve others. A few months back, I talked about the Holy Spirit. And I talked about the fact that the Holy Spirit will prompt us in our lives to do something or to stop something or to pray about something. And I said it's kind of like the in our lives, the stop for a moment and do what I'm asking you to do. 
That's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives. He prompts us. The problem is, is that so often we let that pitch go by. We let God's Holy Spirit, we, we begin to get that feeling, that still small voice that's in our hearts and in our lives that we need to serve that person, and we ignore the Spirit of God. We're aware, we allow ourselves to be interrupted, but when it comes to being activated to do something about it, and the Holy Spirit leads us to do it, we ignore Him. And for those of you who are followers of Christ, you'll have to answer to that just like I will one day. We shouldn't ignore the prompting of the Spirit of God in our lives. Paul warns the church in Thessalonica on this in a very simple way. In 1 Thessalonians 5.19, he says, don't suppress the Spirit. There's not much ambiguity there, is there? It's pretty clear, isn't it? Don't suppress God's Holy Spirit working in your life. You see, we can't be in a position to actively serve our community if we're not in a position to obey the Spirit of God working in our lives. We've got to be obedient when he calls. We all as a church, me, myself as your pastor, our staff, our elders, we've got to be in a position to be obedient to God's Holy Spirit leading us in our lives. If we can't get into that position, then we will never be able to. To meet those needs. All the awareness, all the being comfortable with the interruption will not do us any good if we don't take action when God's Holy Spirit leads. And if you've been a Christ follower for any length of time, you know what that is in your life. You know when he leads. You know, it's interesting. We've had this 30 projects in 30 days. We've had this message series about how we can take it to the streets collectively as a church, corporately as a church, but individually. We've even given you ways to do that. We're going to give you some more here in a few moments. But it's interesting. Our motive to doing these things is not just because. You know, the world will tell us that we ought to do these good things for the purpose of peace. Some people who find the goodness of man intriguing will say that we ought to do it for humanitarianism. Some people who are wrapped up in New Age philosophy says that we should do it for karma. But I want to encourage you, if you're a Christ follower in here today, you have the highest calling, the best reason ever in the world to do it, to go out and to serve your community, because you represent Jesus Christ, the one who came to give eternal life to all of the world. That's why we do it. And Jesus taught, he spoke, he modeled and he demonstrated that in terms of us taking it to the community, there's really one way only to serve. Sometimes I lay under the moon I thank God I'm breathing And I pray, don't take me soon Cause I am here for a reason Sometimes in my tears I drown But I never let it get me down So when negativity surrounds I know someday
heard of random acts of kindness, haven't you? We want to give you a way to do some intentional random acts of kindness. How's that sound? Today, attached to your worship notes is a list. I want you all to take that out. It's a list of over 20 different ways that you individually can serve people in our community. Our creative team came up with this. A, a couple people just kind of had an idea of what that might look like, and, and this just kind of morphed into what you have today. Over 20 different ways for you to go out and serve people by helping them out in ways like you just saw. Maybe it's giving flowers to someone who has a need. Maybe it's providing food for someone, a basket of bread. And today, over here, as you leave, there's an, a sample of a lot of different things that you can do, a lot of little projects that you can do to say to people in your neighborhood or in your school or in the place you work or maybe in a nursing home, there are some people who care, and we care because we represent Jesus. And so today we wanted to give you these 20 different things that you can do in our community to go out and make this a 365-day-a-year thing. This is the next step from 30 projects. This is what we individually can do to help serve people in our community. Today, as you leave, you're going to be handed a couple different um, stickers. And they have information on how they can get in touch with our church so that we can answer any questions they might have. But it's verses like, be kind and compassionate to one another from Ephesians 4.32. And we love because he first loved us. And you can take those stickers home and pick one or two of these, to maybe help you jumpstart some of these intentional random acts of kindness or compassion. 
doing this 365 days a year, having it be an as-you-go thing is certainly not easy. It's just not. So we wanted to give you something, put something in your hands that you can actually do, even this week, something simple. So I want to encourage you to make this a part of what you do this week. Because Jesus modeled it. He taught it. He demonstrated it for us. And he did it because he came to offer eternal life. We represent him. We represent the one who came and died to give us life and life eternal. I don't know about you, but that's a good enough reason to follow his way, the one way to serve. Will you pray with me this morning? Father God, we thank you for all that you're doing in the life of Hilton Head Island Community Church, in the life of our island here. God, and I pray that you would allow us to meet needs around us. I pray that you would allow us to humbly, with humble hands and compassionate eyes and a heart that showers people with love. God, I pray that you would allow us to play a small role in what you're doing in our community. God, you gave your life for us Why can't we help serve those around us? Why can't we go and buy some bread for someone who needs it? Why can't we go out and stick some quarters in an envelope and take it to a laundromat here where someone can use it? And God, I pray as we go about these different things, these different ways of life, I pray that we would do it as we go, as we live our lives. Help us, Father, to be aware, actively aware of the needs around us. Help us, God. Give us the courage to be able to be comfortable with being interrupted to serve people around us. And God, I pray that you would help us to answer yes when your Holy Spirit prompts us to do something. God, that we wouldn't let our own needs, our own way, our own thoughts get in the way of saying yes to you. And God, I pray that you would help each one of us to do this with humility. God, I pray that we don't do it for our own glory and our own praise. God, I pray that we won't do it for the praise of Hilton Head Island Community Church or for any church for that matter. God, I pray that we do this with absolute humility, with the whole purpose in mind to make you famous in our community. Holy Spirit, go before us. Give us strength and give us courage as we serve you on Hilton Head Island. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to encourage you today to go by that table and get some ideas. Also on our website today, we're going to have a list of all those verses where you can print it out at home. and You can cut them out yourself and uh, take those and take those on some of the items suggested. So you can visit our website uh, this week and, and download those at the One Community page. And all that information's in your worship guide today. So hope you'll do that. Why don't you stand with us this morning? We have nothing to fear as we go out today, as God calls us to do what we're doing. As we go to share who he is by just serving our, our fellow islanders. So let's sing this this morning in victory. He is with us. You hear me when I call. You are my mom song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy. 
seated just for a moment longer. I'm so glad that you were here today, and uh, I want to just encourage you on doing these things uh, to go out and do that in the strength of God. Um, a couple things I want to let you know about. Um, number one, tonight is our open house. 
6 p.m. Now, there's some of you who have um, maybe just in the last few months um, started coming to church here, or maybe today's your first time, or maybe you're just kind of kicking the tires. We would love to get to know you. And so tonight at 6 p.m., hey, listen, I admit it. Um, I know a lot of your faces, but I don't know your names, so I want to get to know you better, too. And so uh, we're going to have an open house here. Um, Cynthia and I will be there along with uh, some of our staff. Uh, Cody will be there, and so Cody is actually going to be doing an open house for the high school students in the future student room right on the other side of that wall there. And so um, I just want to encourage you to be out here tonight at 6 p.m. for that. We'll have dessert and coffee. Also, next Sunday, next Sunday, which is Cinco de Mayo, which Cynthia already pointed out, we are having, after the party, we're having uh, our core, which is our membership class. And so I want to encourage you, if you are ready to make that step to become a member of Hilton Head Island Community Church. Just want to encourage you to be here. We need for you to sign up, though, so please go back. Joanna and Nick are in the back there, and you can see them. They'll help you sign up for the core, which is next Sunday. Speaking of next Sunday, it is Cinco de Mayo, and we're having a big celebration. Um, and uh, so some of you need to bring some tacos, so um, or a taco, or a burrito. You already addressed it. An item for the An taco item bar. For the tacos. This yes, is just this a look at our life right here. That's it, right there. That's it. It is a pretty good picture in our life. Absolutely. Yes, yeah. It bring is. one taco. That's what she wants you to do. <laughs> so anyway, yep. Just go buy Taco That's Bell it. and pick That's up a taco. It. I'm just kidding. Uh, we need your help. Um, <laughs> if you want to be a part of that, you can sign up to be a part of that to bring things for the party. And so we'd love to have you be a part of that. Also, um, we are ending our 90-day challenge this week. Some of you, about 70 of you, signed up to be a part or signed up and made the commitment to do a 90-day tithe challenge. That comes to an end this week. And so way to go, the, yes. the folks, 70 or so of you who signed up, way to go. Uh, I've had several people email me stories and tell me stories. If you have a story of either the struggle or uh, the, the blessing that you've received during this 90 days. Um, by the way, don't stop. Um, use this as an opportunity to keep on going. Um, but I would love to hear your story because it may encourage someone else. And so please let me know a little bit about that. Um, and along with that, I don't know if you've noticed, but during those 90 days, pretty significantly our giving has gone up here at Hilton Head Island Community Church and that is awesome. In fact, we've only had really two weeks below our budget number. <laughs> they happen to be the last two weeks, so keep on giving and um, that also kind of dovetails into this. Over the next 30 to 45 days, we are going to be starting work on the other side of this wall on our student uh, room and uh, some of you showed up yesterday to help us clean that up, and that is very exciting news. I think I hear Cody somewhere clapping. But anyway, um, that's very exciting. But we are planning on paying for that out of our budget. So continue to give, continue to give generously so that we can do those things that we believe that God has called us to do. Why don't you stand up this morning? May the God of peace and the God of strength and the God of angel armies be with you this week as you go serving our community. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. See you all next Sunday. Have a great week.